This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 84, recorded January 12th, 2012. Preparing for the Year of Faith. Welcome to this week in Prayer Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and with me, as always, my faithful companion, companion, the bread for the journey, so to speak, Father Andrew Dickinson. Hi, Father. Uh, yo, that was a little that? awkward. How is that for a new intro? <laughs> uh, maybe we can talk about that after the podcast. I, I, I uh, as you might be able to tell from Father's reaction, I um, not pleased. I did not plan that. Uh, well, I didn't tell. Well, I didn't plan it either. <laughs> I just believed <laughs> it was uh, intro au natural. Um, uh, and again, as always, try to remember to uh, to uh, give you the contact information up front. If you have any topics or ideas or suggestions or comments for the podcast, we are always happy to hear them. You can email them to me at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Father, obligatory weather comments. Finally, some of the white snuff stuff. It's a little bit later than I would have liked, but I'll take it what I can get. It, it was okay until I uh, decided to go for my rosary walk yesterday afternoon. It was a little cold, too. It didn't be oh, cold shit. today for my rosary walk. I was afraid that you were going to say you slipped and hurt yourself, but that doesn't sound like it was the case. My sciatica! Yeah, it's, we, we don't want any injuries. We don't, we, we don't need any priests down and out. Lent is only... got to piper down! <laughs> Lent is only five weeks away, Father. We, we need you. Yes. Well, you don't need so, rest, don't need the rest of the year. Not really. No. no I'm, I'm a priest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, last week we talked about um, the new year, New Year's resolutions. That'll be how are your resolutions going, Father? So far, so good. Pretty well. Good. Pretty well. What except for the that... hour, except for the main one. <laughs> Pretty well, except for the important one. We, uh, you know, we were talking about what was I going to do. One thing that um, I didn't mention last week, I didn't think of it at the time, we had our no, no. Uh, We had our diocesan staff Christmas party with with Bishop Swain um, last Friday, the sixth of of January. And part of the activity, our department, the Education and Faith Formation Group, planned it. And our activity, the spiritual exercise, the spiritual component of our program was uh, we gave everybody um, a handmade little gift box that that, uh, our our, uh, director of Catholic schools, Katie Meller, she made 60 some of these um, nice little boxes. And inside, she and um, our support staff, Mary and Mary, had made some little magnets with um, different virtues on them. Uh, And I, and I, Got hope. It's a one of the one of the epiphany traditions that are out there is to uh, to focus on a virtue for the new year, um, and so the one that I grabbed was hope. So that's something that I think that I'll be working on this year. Um, I'm generally a hopeful guy, but hope is not optimism. I'm, I'm generally an optimistic guy, but uh, we can always grow in the virtue of hope. So that's that's my focus for the year. So and we could maybe even do a podcast then where you talk about the difference between hope and optimism. Yeah, that would be great. That would be a great idea, actually. Yeah, it's prompting me. You know, the Holy Father Pope Benedict's second encyclical of Space Salvi was on hope, um, and I did read it when when he wrote it or when he uh, promulgated it. But uh, I might have to go back and, and read that as part of this uh, 
this exercise for the year. So, so I, I do have something, Father, I am working on. You are not in the lurch by yourself walking alone on this journey. Well, of course, uh, with Pope Benedict, though, that he's uh, written a couple encyclicals, uh, one on love, one on hope, which means you're probably waiting for him to write an encyclical on faith. Mm, could it be faith? Speaking of great tra- was that planned? Yes, but now you ruined it. It doesn't matter. That was that was that was too good to let it go unnoticed. So, well, uh, Father, you. we a couple months ago, Father, you and I talked about um, the the year of faith that's set to begin this fall. Uh, Pope Benedict announced it back in October, as in the context of the new evangelization. A uh, year of faith that will begin on October 12th of 2012, the 50th anniversary of the opening of the Second Vatican Council, the 20th anniversary of the promulgation of the first edition of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and it will conclude November 24th, I believe, of 2013, the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. Um, so this uh, this year of faith uh, was was announced Again, it'll begin this fall, and and when the Holy Father announced it, he he referred to the fact that the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, that Vatican office, which is which is concerned with making sure that that Catholic doctrine is be when when somebody says they're teaching Catholic theology, they're actually doing that. Uh, in short, uh, is one way to summarize what the CDF does. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, the, the Holy Father said the CDF would be coming out with with a note, giving some some ideas and how people can prepare for and then uh, engage themselves in this year of faith, both at the uh, the communal level, uh, but also at the individual level. And that, as promised, that uh, that did come out came out on the traditional date of the Epiphany last Friday, um, January sixth. Cardinal William Leveda, an American uh, bishop, um, who is who is and cardinal, who is the the prefect, the the head of the CDF, issued this note. Um, and uh, I, I had a chance. I, I didn't realize it, Father, when it came out over the on Friday. I only discovered it uh, a few days later, and I was really excited to see it. Um, and uh, and read through it, and uh, I know you've had a chance to read it too. Any initial comments, impressions, reflections, Father? Well, I, I think it's it's always good to think about the context of this, and you know, he, uh, you talked a little bit about the context of it beginning on the anniversary of the inauguration of the Second Vatican Council, also, which was also the the fiftieth anniversary of that event in 1962. And also then the thirtieth, uh, thirtieth anniversary, twenty fifth anniversary, twentieth, twentieth, twentieth anniversary, nineteen ninety two of the promulgation of the uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, and so uh, so obviously the idea of that solidity of the faith, uh, but also uh, it focuses and I think it really encapsulates beautifully with the second, the mission of the Second Vatican Council, which was to equip. Your mission in the Vatican Council was to equip individual Catholics for mission in their Christian life. I mean, that was really at the heart of the Council, is that desire to equip individual Catholics, not necessarily priests or religious or bishops, but individual Catholics for their mission in daily life. Um, yeah, the, uh, sorry, please go, go, go. And so as part of the Year of Faith, he's also having um, the, uh, the world, a world synod of bishops uh, to speak on the new evangelization. Yeah, uh, um, coincidental timing, or maybe providential. Uh, that was announced. Um, 
I yes. I, well, it is interesting that you know the, the the topic for the synod was already scheduled for 2012. The topic was announced at the conclusion of the last synod uh, two three years ago that it would mm-hmm. be on um, on the new evangelization, and then in October, the Holy Father announces this year of faith, which will begin this fall as well. So, and again, quickly for our listeners who may not know, a synod is a gathering of bishops throughout the world. It's not every bishop but a representative gathering of bishops from around the world, Africa, South America, North America, the, the Americas, and really Asia, Europe. And, uh, uh, and they get together and they speak about, and they focus really on one issue in particular and bring in their individual experiences from the local church there and try to direct efforts of the church. And these synods have really borne great fruit uh, in the past. And so this is a, an Exciting uh, continual effort uh, that, that Pope Benedict is uh, uh, being ca- called, of, and really, uh, he's inviting the whole church with this year of faith to be a part of the synod in a sense. Absolutely, you know, it's in consultative, inter- but in a personal way. Absolutely. What's interesting as you explaining what the synods are, um, a reminder of the fact that the, the, this is a sort of a well a new version of an ancient practice. So it's the idea of bishops coming together, not necessarily in ecumenical councils, but coming together um, from around the world for this sort of consultation has, has happened in different ways before, but this is really something that started after Vatican II. Um, the first synod, uh, if I recall correctly, after Vatican II, um, was on evangelization, and it resulted in the post-synodal apostolic exhortation, uh, a document from the Holy Father summarizing the uh, the discussion of the synod. Uh, Paul, Paul VI wrote Evangelii Nunciandi and the, evangeli- and the evangelization of peoples um, as a result of that very first bishop's synod in the early 70s. And so now we have, um, 40-some years later, um, another uh, synod on the new evangelization. And as you said, this year of faith uh, by which we can all participate in, 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 a, in a way in the, um, the work of that synod. Very much so. So, and, Father... Uh, and this, this, so this instruction from the year of faith uh, that we're going to talk about, uh, that we are talking about, then it gives us a way to that. And I think there's a beautiful line that struck me in this. Uh, beautiful. This is before kind of the practical recommendations, again, more of setting the table, if you will. Why are we recommending? Um, it says, the year of faith is inter- intended, this is two paragraphs above the recommendations, the year of faith is intended to contribute to a renewed conversion to the Lord Jesus and to the rediscovery of faith so that the members of the church will be credible and joyful witnesses to the risen Lord in the world today capable of leading those many people who are seeking it to the door of faith. Um, so I think, so it's, 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 it's focused inward, it's focused on us. This isn't an outreach effort, but it's an internal effort that's needed for outreach. Right. And I think what you said earlier about Vatican II is very much to the point. Another way to state um, why John the Twenty Third saw the need for the council was to renew the church so that she might more effectively proclaim the gospel to the men and women of this age. Um, right on so, the nose. So internal renewal for the sake of external mission. Uh, you know, another way of saying what you just said, and and uh, very much re-echoed by what this um, uh, that, that sentence that that struck you from this instruction. 
Uh, by the way, real quick, uh, for, for the sake of the listeners, if you haven't seen this document, you're interested in finding it. The best, the easiest way, I think, to, to, to find it is just by Googling um, Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, Note with Pastoral Recommendations for the Year of Faith. So Note with Pastoral Recommendations for the Year of Faith. Uh, that, that's how I... Uh, uh, was it, that's the easiest way to Google it, as far as as far as I could tell. So, and Father, anything else for uh, in sort of sort of setting the table, uh, setting the stage? Um, anything else that struck you from that introduction before getting into the specific pastoral recommendations? Okay, um, you know one thing is that the sentence that struck you uh, it concludes with reference to the door of faith, and and uh, for for those of you who who. Um, didn't hear our previous podcast on this or, or haven't otherwise um, heard much about the year of faith. Door of Faith, Porta Fidei in Latin, is the title of, of Pope Benedict's apostolic letter announcing this year of faith to begin. So the um, Cardinal Aveda, uh, the CDF, is definitely tying in the, this, this note, certainly to, to the document itself, which, which Pope Benedict wrote um, last, and issued last October. So uh, the bulk of the, 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 the note is a series of recommendations uh, for, for ideas, ways that, that the church can live out uh, in concrete ways, specific ways, um, this year of faith. And it sort of begins um, with, with the, at the, the global level and works down from there. So um, it starts with the u- level of the universal church, gives uh, 10 recommendations. Then on the level of Episcopal conferences, 10 recommendations. At the diocesan level, 10 recommendations. And then finally at the level of the parish, the community, the association, associations of the faithful, and movements, ecclesial movements in the church as well, and including, I think, individuals, families, and so on. Again, ten recommendations before the conclusion. Um, Father, beginning with um, uh, the level of the universal church, uh, I, I don't know if you want to. We want to go through each of these individually. At, at least, are there any that struck you in a particular way? Highlight. <clears throat> Maybe highlight. Highlight. Sorry. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Highlight. So, highlight. Highlight. Yes. Gotcha. Well, I mean, first of all, the uh, the encouragement for pilgrimages to uh, the Sea of Peter, to Rome, and to the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. I think mean, that, that that really struck me because again, I mean, a pilgrimage is a great way to to put that faith in action, if you will. Going back to his uh, in his initial document, the document Porta Fide, uh, he speaks about uh, using a quote from Augustine that. Um, how does it go? Uh, uh, the believers are strengthened by believing, and things like pilgrimages are a great uh, a way to uh, to put that into action. Yeah, I agree that um, it may not be feasible for all of us to go on those pilgrimages, but for those of us who have the means and ability to do so, making those uh, a journey like that, a spiritual journey like that, is certainly a, a great way. It would be a great way to enter into this year of faith. Um, one of the ones that the the, uh, the third recommendation, uh, the Holy Father, or well, the CDF rather, invites the faithful to turn with particular devotion to Mary, model of the church. Uh, and so the Marian dimension, Mary as the greatest disciple. Um, Mary, uh, the one who had uh, lived out the virtue of faith in the greatest way, um, trusting in God. Uh, it, Keeping her in mind, in a sense, during this year of faith, following her example, following her path, 
um, of, of living out a life of faith, of trusting in God personally and believing what it is that he reveals to us. Um, that struck me. I, I don't know. I should have expected it, but it surprised me a little bit, the, the explicit reference to her. So um, There's reference to World Youth Day, which will be in Rio de Janeiro during the year, July 13th, or of 2013, rather. That was already announced, um, but re referred to as a way for people to participate. Um, Father, anything else that uh, struck you at this? It's going to come up again, but I think um, and this will come up at a couple different levels, if you will, but the idea of the solemn renewal of the profession of faith on the uh, solemnity of our Lord Jesus uh, Christ, Universal King, on the Sunday of Christ the King, maybe called in short. The whole idea of a solemn renewal of the profession of faith is mm -hmm. just beautiful to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that will be at the conclusion of the year, so that will be in 2013. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, well, I don't know, powerful to see more that, that manifestation of the faith of the Universal Church. There's reference, uh, Porta Fide, the Holy Father mentioned in terms of, of, of prayerful study, ways that we might enter into this year of faith, um, reading or rereading um, and, and, and seeking to live out the documents of Vatican II and the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And that's referred to then, of course, in, in, the, uh, in this note in terms of things that can be done at the universal level. Um, the sixth recommendation, this year of faith will offer a special opportunity for all believers to deepen their knowledge of the primary documents of the Second Vatican Council and their study of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, and, and referring to seminarians and, and others who it'd be good for, the, for them to do, but all of the faithful. Um, certainly, you know, I'm starting to think about ways that we, well, we'll get to diocese later. Never mind. Uh, anything else, Father, at the universal level, the recommendations that you want to touch on? So again, the second the second um, group is um, at the level of Episcopal conferences. So again, this is um, many places it's at a national level. Sometimes it's a regional level, but but bishops of countries or or regions gather together to address issues that are ad ad um, particular to their own country or region. So in the United States, we have the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So Bishop Swain. Um, our bishop and the other bishops of the country gather together twice a year um, to discuss uh, matters and issues which are particular to the church in the United States. And so um, the, the, the CDF uh, has some ideas for how at, at the national or regional level this year of faith uh, could be lived out. Father, any of these strike you in a particular way? Uh, yes, uh, but in a bit of a uh, humor... <clears throat> Okay. Uh, be uh, number seven on there. Mm -hmm. um, educators in centers of theological studies, seminaries, and Catholic universities should be encouraged in their teaching to demonstrate the relevance within their various disciplines of the contents of the catechism of the Catholic Church and of the implications derived from them. Call me a little bit uh, incredulous, if you will, but I, I, I just have a hard time believing that many of our Catholic universities in the United States are going to seek to do that or even promote their teachers to do that. One can, being, one can always one can always hope that that will happen and pray that it does. I, yeah, I, obviously these, uh, these are recommendations that are given um, at the, from, from Rome, from the universal level and 
and the way or degree in which they are taken up will vary from place to place. Um, but, you know, who knows? I, I know that the, uh, the bishops and the presidents of Catholic universities and colleges in the United States have been um, meeting um, over the last year, I think, to talk about the, uh, the, the ways in which our colleges and universities are living out um, or, or taking up the call of um, Cordier Ecclesiae, John Paul II's document on, on Catholic higher education. Um, and it sounds like there's, there's been some, some good fruit from those conversations. So I'm going to continue to hope and pray that, uh, that maybe this could take things to the next level. Yes, definitely praying for that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, any others? Uh, uh, um, <laughs> caught my attention in a good way was uh, the uh, uh, the rise of the encouragement of apologetics um, that uh, Episcopal conferences that uh, pamphlets and leaflets of an apologetic nature um, so that every member of the faithful would then be enabled to respond better empowering the laity here mm -hmm. to respond better to the questions which rise in difficult contexts whether due with sects by which they mean Protestants or the problems related to secularism and relativism, or uh, other different things like that. So I just, that's pretty exciting to hear that. I mean, a, a concerted effort in the apologetics from Rome. And that's, uh, for those of you uh, reading at home, it's number eight under these recommendations. Yeah, I agree, Father. That was uh, also when I read this, um, uh, it was... Uh, uh, Happy to see that that endorsement and and the recognition of the need for um, apologetics, as you say, coming from Rome herself. Um, again, so. we we see ver reference to the documents of Vatican II, the Catechism, um, and the Compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, as well. Um, number four. Pastors should work to promote television and radio transmissions, films and publications focusing on the faith, its principles and content, as well as the ecclesial significance of the Second Vatican Council. This should be done using the new styles of communication, especially on the popular level, making these things available to a wider public. Of course, Father, that's what you and I are trying to do with this podcast, but I know that I think you commented recently, um, again, your Facebook page, about uh, the fact that in our diocese, we are uh, soon to get Catholic radio. Here in this year, 2012, um, yes. uh, Catholic radio, of course, being a, a great means, radio being a great means by which we can, especially in a rural diocese like ours, where people oftentimes uh, spend quite a bit of time traveling, um, to have uh, Catholic radio available um, here in our diocese, that is, as it is in so many other places, uh, will be a great blessing and an opportunity for this year of faith. A rich opportunity. Rich opportunity. Um, any others in that at this level of Episcopal conferences? Anything else, Father, that you want to? Let's move along. Moving right along. Now, page three. Um, at the diocesan level, getting closer and closer. Um, Sorry, I joked about your page three. Yeah, I know. I, I, I try. Um, again, uh, it's going to be <laughs> Vatican II, documents of Vatican II, and the Catechism. Uh, number five, it will be appropriate for each Catholic particular church to review the reception of Vatican II and the Catechism in its own life and mission, particularly in the realm of catechesis. This will provide the opportunity for renewal of commitment on the part of the catechetical offices of the diocese at Ochris, 
um, which have the duty to care for the theological formation of catechists. Uh, so particularly with the, um, the, uh, the, the catechetical mission of the diocesan church um, at the parish level, and then with the help of the diocesan offices, um, reference to Vatican II and the catechism. That's certainly because this is what I do, that definitely caught my attention. Very much so. I also uh, thought it was neat at a university setting, uh, the renewed creative number eight, a renewed creative dialogue between faith and reason, the academic and artistic communities through symposium meetings, days of study, especially at Catholic universities, in order to demonstrate that there cannot be any conflict between faith and genuine science, because both, albeit via different routes, tend towards the truth. Indeed. So, you know, fathers, I just stepping back for a minute. As I was reading through these, definitely gave me some food for thought, discernment, prayer, and in my case, conversation with Bishop. Um, yeah. Probably yours, probably yours as well. Um, and again, I just read this a couple of days ago, but it's going to be something that I return to here um, in the weeks and months to come, thinking about how we. Uh, in, in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, um, in our, in, you and I in our respective roles um, can, can take advantage and, and take up some of these recommendations ourselves. Well, I not just to, probably not take advantage, I think the proper uh, phrase would be to, uh, to take counsel. Right, uh, yeah. Follow the Holy Father's lead in this way. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> number 10 struck me. Um, for a particular reason. The year of faith can be an opportunity to pay greater attention to Catholic schools, which are a perfect place to offer students a living witness to the Lord and to nurture their faith. This can be done by making use of good catechetical tools like the Compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church and UCAT. Um, UCAT, which uh, is not a Vatican document uh, per se, uh, but was issued with a forward from Pope Benedict um, and, and led by Cardinal Christoph Schoenborn of Vienna, who was himself the general editor of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. There have been some Catholics who have, who have expressed some concern about aspects of UCAT, despite the fact that the Holy Father wrote the foreword. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm hoping that the CDF's confidence, uh, as expressed in this note in UCAT, will, will help assuage some of those concerns. Uh, we'll have to see about that as well. We're going to run short on time, and we need to get to the parish community association movement thing. Okay, so which one of those did you want to highlight, Father? Uh, most all of them. Um, <laughs> priests should show greater devotion and greater should devote greater attention to the study of the documents of the Second Vatican Council and the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, drawing from them the resources for pastoral care of the parishes, catechesis, preaching. Uh, they should also offer cycles of homilies on the faith or on certain aspects of the faith. And so I think that's uh, pretty neat in that mm -hmm. way. Um, also, uh, uh, group readings and study of the catechism for the faithful. Yep. And so probably something like that here. Um, maybe even also studying the Second Vatican uh, documents as well. Um, promotion of missions. I was struck by that. Uh, so many neat things. Um, no, actually, I saw on a someone's blog today the idea of you know promoting uh, you know kind of like the Mormon missions where they take two years of their life to go do something promoting for our young people opportunities where they can do a longer time like that um, mm. or with good Catholic uh, religious orders and efforts whether it's works of mercy spiritual works of mercy corporal works of mercy both 
but to have that, and which is a great way also to awaken vocations to the religious life. Indeed. Or in the context, just the, the, the importance of um, the apostolate of the laity as well. Um, just how, how all of us are called in a particular way, our own particular ways, to, to take up the apostolate of the church, the mission of the church. Number one struck me in preparation for the year of faith. All the faithful are invited to read closely and meditate upon Pope Benedict's apostolic letter, Porta Fide, which we've referenced a couple times. Um, so th something specific in our preparation for uh, the year before it even begins. And then one of the things that struck me, I don't remember where it was. Um, it may have been on the diocesan level. Um, I'm not finding it right now. But uh, the idea of, um, you know, of course, there's a definitely universal one. We talked about the renewal of the profession of faith. Uh, but even talking about doing like local uh, observances of that. Um, uh, and a psalm conclude yes, yeah, so on the Dawson level, the psalm conclusion in which to profess our faith in the risen Lord in our cathedrals and in the churches of the whole world. And so to organize that uh, as part of this and kind of leading up towards that, a renewal of the profession of faith on uh, that Sunday. I should have the Sunday after Thanksgiving that year. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's number one for those of you looking at it. It's the first one under the Dawson level. Yep. Anyway, all right, yeah, that's my last little thing I want to notice. The other thing, in the final, number 10, under at the uh, parish and individual level, all of the faithful called to renew the gift of faith should try to communicate their own experience of faith and charity to their brothers and sisters of other religions, with those who do not believe, and with those who are just indifferent. In this way, it is hoped that the entire Christian people will begin a kind of mission toward those with whom they live and work, knowing that they have welcomed the news of salvation was meant for every man. So very explicit there are things that you and I already talked about, about the, uh, the goal, the purpose, the, 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 um, the final object, so to speak, of this year of faith, renewal of the church for the sake of mission to the world, evangelization, new evangelization. Yeah. Good. All right. Thanks, Father. Any, any final thoughts as we wrap up this episode of Prairie Room Companion? I look forward to the year of faith uh, with great anticipation uh, and great hope. Amen. It, me as well, Father. Thanks again for listening to this week, uh, this episode of Prairie Room Companion. We'll be back next week with another exciting, fun-filled episode of PRC. God bless.